HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit rt11.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported podcast network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. This year, we're celebrating 10 years of food radio. For the past decade, we've been taking you behind the scenes of farms, restaurants, breweries, schools, cafeterias, and more. It's been 10 years, and we're just getting started. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hi, and welcome to A Taste of the Past. I'm your host, Linda Palaccio, on this journey through culinary history. And, you know, olive oil has been around for millennia as the culinary oil of preference. And according to scientists and archaeologists, the olive tree was native to Asia Minor and spread throughout the Middle East and the Mediterranean basin about 6,000 years ago. It was prized for its fruit, which rendered a rich oil which is often referred to as liquid gold. The tree was soon cultivated in Greece, and as the story goes, the rest is history. Olive oil was common in ancient Greek and Roman cuisine, and it had other uses as well. The athletes, the Greek athletes, were would were anointed in, in the oil and rubbed down, and they had, were crowned, if they were winners, with a, a wreath of the olive oil branches. Uh, baptisms used olive oil, um, and even coronations of monarchs. It was had medicinal uses and cosmetic uses, but it was really in the culinary world that it gained its fame, and for good reason. By the first century AD, according to the historian Pliny the Elder, Italy had excellent olive oil at reasonable prices, the best in the Mediterranean, he maintained. Well, fast forward about a thousand years to Tuscany, and we find the Frescobaldi family, a family that has its own history rich in olive oil and wine, but that's another story. The Frescobaldis began their agricultural activities, including the production of olive oil, in the 1300s. Mm-hmm, that long ago. In those medieval times, the laudemio was the oil, which meant the best part of the harvest, which was destined for the tables of the lords of the land, and they produced this laudemio. 
That word, laude or laudemio, has come to signify prestige or quality. And so it came to be the name of a special product, a small production of early harvest olive oil that reflects the terroir of the central region of Tuscany. It's the story of rebirth and repair and repair and community, which started 30 years ago by the Frescobaldis after a destructive frost swept the regions through the region's crops. After that devastation, the Frescobaldis started a consortium of 21 producers in the neighboring area who each year released the best of the best, Laudemia. This year, Matteo Frescobaldi, a 30th generation of the Frescobaldi family, announced the 30th anniversary harvest of their prized emerald green olive oil, Laudemio Frescobaldi. I had the opportunity to meet Matteo a couple of weeks ago during his whirlwind tour for the oil. We met at Chef Ignacio Matos' Altro Paradiso, a restaurant in New York City, where the salads were drizzled with the emerald green laudemio. It was very busy, so please forgive some blips and background noise, but the information is all the best of the best. And meet Matteo. I am very pleased to be joined today by Matteo Frescobaldi, and Matteo is a member of the 30th generation of the Frescobaldi family who have traced their origins back a thousand years, and they, uh, they started in the agricultural production of wine and oil in the 1300s, and today still going strong, in fact, stronger than ever. Welcome, Matteo. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Now, I know that um, you, being in the family, you weren't always in the agricultural end of the production and overseeing the, all of that. You went into, like many of your previous relatives, the banking business, did you not? Yes, I did. So since I am part of the younger generations, we have to find our career path before we start working in the family business. And, and so I studied in London, business management, and then after that I've worked both in London and in Milan in financial advisory and uh, private equity to gain some experiences to be ready to work in the family business. Absolutely necessary for that, I'm sure. And, um, and this is a very auspicious year for you to, to be back in the family business. Um, the Laudemio oil is... If for those who don't know, laudemio is uh, a medieval word, actually, right? What is, what is laudemio? Yes, laudemio comes from the medieval ages, when at the time it meant the best part of the crop that the farmers gave to the landlord. And still today, the word laude means something special, something right, when you graduate, good. When you graduate from school, you get a laude, you get the top degree, right? Exactly. The top points, right? Right. Interesting. Um, so what we're talking about today really is the 30th anniversary of Laudemio olive oil. And it has a really interesting story. And it's only here that you've been, the family's been making olive oil since medieval times. Mm -hmm. But this is only the 30th anniversary of the actual production of Laudemio. Tell me about that. So as you correctly say, throughout our history, we did produce olive oil 
until 1985 when a very cold winter froze the most of our olive trees. In the winter of 1985, 90% of the olive trees in Tuscany frozen because of the very, very cold winter. That wiped out a lot of olive groves, right? Oh, yes, yes. Wow. And so, because of that, we thought that to restart producing olive oil, we should create something special, something different that differentiated from the mass pr production of olive oil. And we, and it was after the winter of 1985 that we decided to fund the Laudemio. Now, Laudemio is is actually a, a consortium of olive producers. Yes, it is. So we kind of, since we were growing a lot in the wine industry, in the wine sector, we have applied the philosophy of wine to olive oil for the first time in the world. And what I mean by the philosophy of wine, I mean creating a consortium that consumers, when they see it on a bottle, they can understand that that product comes from a certain origin, it has been produced with certain quality standards, and most of all have a, has a certain and distinctive taste that makes it recognizable. And so we wrote a very strict policy. We founded a consortium called Laudemio, and then we asked our neighbors, other olive oil producers close to our territory, to join us and to make Laudemio become a consortium like today is Chianti Classico for wine or Brunello di Montalcino. Right, we recognize, you know, those of us who, who know the products, you, you know, we've read a lot about uh, the DOP um, certification and labels. So this is akin to that, right? It's, it's, it certifies the origin and... It certifies the origin, which must be from a northern and central part of Tuscany, not near the coast and not south of Siena. And that is because in that particular area, the olives develop certain uh, aromatic uh, and nutrients that make them very unique. And so we are applying the concept of terroir, the concept of territory of origin, that is very well thought of in the wine industry. Right. For the first time, we were applying it to the olive oil industry. Excellent, yeah. Well, you, um, you or someone, I, it must have been you, in, in one of the background articles I was reading, talk a lot about this micro-environment, if you will. The, uh, the microclimate. Yeah, the microclimate. And, mm -hmm. and, I mean, is that a sustainable... I mean, you had a deep freeze in 1985. I mean, is this is a sustainable way, place to put your trust in all these, in all these <laughs> olive trees. Well, yes, it's always dangerous, uh, but what we can see in agriculture in general is that it is in extreme areas where you find the best fruits, because the plants struggle, they are in difficulty, they, are, uh, they may be damaged by too much heat, too much cold, but it is in that struggle that when the tree is able to produce, that they give 
the best fruits. Do, do you do your estates? I mean, you have. I mean, you control what about like eleven thousand orchards or is it acres? I mean, you have about seven hundred and fifty acres of, of olive groves right now. Yes. Do they all produce this laudamia, or do you do other? Um, I don't want to say quality, but yes. you know, other types of oil as well. That's a very good question, and this is linked again to the brand name Laudemio. So we have, as you said, uh, 750 almost 300 acres, acres, 300 hectares, right? 300 hectares of yeah. olive groves, and we treat all of those to produce Laudemio. We produce the olive oil to produce only Laudemio. And then, when the finished product is ready, we taste it and we select the best one to become Laudemio. So just as in the medieval times, uh, Laudemio meant the best part of the production, today Laudemio means the best part of our olive oil production. Now, these are very, very specifically harvested olives. I mean, this is a very first pressing. Mm -hmm. um, they're hand cultivated, are they not? They are uh, mostly hand-picked, mm -hmm. but that is because our trees are particularly large and therefore we kind of have to uh, hand-pick them. And uh, yes, as you said, the harvest is the most important part because another key thing of the Laudemio Consortium is a harvest in a specific point of the year which is usually October or November, when the olives are not ripe. And that is in, in that moment, when the olives are not fully ripe, that you get a very small production, only 10 to 12% of the olive becomes olive oil, but the small percentage is very, very rich in taste and, uh, and aromas. Absolutely. I, if I have been to Tuscany during um, olive harvest season, which was a, a real treat for me. And if anyone has never tasted an olive off the tree, mm, you're not. You're gonna. You're gonna say, "Oh, that doesn't taste so. It's very bitter." Bitter. Right? Yeah. Yes. But I can see why then in the, you know, by the time it's pressed and and going through the whole process, that it's it does start to mellow out a little bit. What? Tell me a little bit about the. The trees, are they all the same origin of olive tree or are there different varieties? There are uh, different varieties. As we, as we said, we think that the uh, uniqueness of uh, our olive oil is the territory more than the olive variety. Hmm. And so we, we do allow different olive varieties. Most of it, it is the traditional Tuscan variety called Frantoio. And then there are smaller varieties like Moraiolo and Leccino that are also in our olive groves. But for the most, it, it is Frantoio. Hmm. So that whole combination of, of those three have a magic power, I guess. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, when, one thing, you know, we, we hear a lot about um, different olive oils being, you know, contaminated, if you will. They're not of the source of origin. Now, you've, mm -hmm. you know, you, we can trust Laudemio because mm -hmm. we're in Frescobaldi mm -hmm. olive oil because um, it does have that indication of, of, of strict origin. 
But you also own, which I think is very important, the the mill in which they're pressed. Because I have a friend who takes her olives from a, she's down south, but she takes her olives from her groves mm -hmm. in Italy and takes them to the community mill. Yes. So you don't know what else is in there beforehand, what you're being, what other olives are being mixed in or how and, they've been grown. And or, you could have also waited a lot from when you pick them to when, to when they get to when they get milled. Pressed, yeah. So yes, owning your own olive mill. So the Laudemio Frescobaldi is produced in the Frescobaldi olive mill. And that means that first of all we can mill the olives in a very very short time. Mm. Now uh, we are able to mill the olives after four to six hours wow. from when they're picked. And this is one of the key things to produce quality olive oil. And then obviously, you know, it's your own uh, mill, so you can always assure the best quality standards, hygiene, uh, cleanness, uh, and always uh, the best technologies, because, you know, a frantoio uh, needs to be um, mechanical, needs to be with the less amount of oxygen, or no oxygen, and very fast. So mm. technology in the frantoio, in the olive mill, is very, very important. So do you use stone mills or do you use um, uh, stainless steel? Stainless steel, yes. Mm -hmm. And the grinding, what about the grinding stone? Is it... The grinding stone is not used... It's not a stone, but you don't use a stone at no, all. No, we use the uh, discs, uh, so metal discs mm -hmm. that do the same... Uh, they grind, but they are faster and quicker. And uh, you know, the fastest that the olives, from when it's picked to when it, it is olive oil and it is stored in a stainless steel tank, that is that is when you make the best olive oil. Mm. So in a in a slow and stone mill, you would lose a lot of time. And by the time that the olive oil is produced, it will be already oxidized right. and rancid. Yeah, it is. I'm, I can see that. It's a beautiful process, the stone yeah. mill. I've, I've mm -hmm. observed that. It's a gorgeous process. <laughs> but yeah, I can see where it's exposed to, to oxygen. More, oxygen. More, um, and it's also difficult to clean oh, a stone. Yeah. Uh, okay, but there is a downside to all this, i got to say. It's that you don't produce too much of that Laudemio. It's so special <laughs> that it's a very small production. Hard to get our hands on it, right? It is. It is. But about how many, I read somewhere like only 50,000 liters? Yes, so that is not the production of the whole consortium, which I don't know, oh, that's to be honest. The, the so the Frescobaldi Laudemio, uh, since we have um, olive trees that, as I said before, because of the terrar, don't produce a lot of olives, but very qualitative. So our production in terms of olives is small. Then the yield, the amount of olive that becomes olive oil is very small. So at the end of the year, we have uh, more or less uh, what you said, 50,000 liters. And that is like saying uh, um, that one tree produces uh, uh, one bottle oh, of Laudemio. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or two, yeah. depending on the year. This episode is brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. 
From the moment Route 11 dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate, an incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Route 11 potato chips believe comfort food can be just that. Know where your food comes from. To learn more, visit rt11.com. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Dave Arnold, and I'm the host of Cooking Issues here on Heritage Radio Network. Every week, I answer listeners' questions on the latest innovative techniques, equipment, and ingredients in the food world. Have a question about hot rotting your oven to make great pizza? Give us a call. Hydrocolloid, sous vide, liquid nitrogen? No problem. You can find Cooking Issues wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. Now let's talk about the oil. And the oil comes in these amazing bottles. So if you if you go to a, a local gourmet store, or you can find them also on, online at different importing stores, Manicaretti, uh, different places like that, um, what what is someone going to look for, first of all? The bottle? Well, first of all, they will have to look at the box, because uh, heat and light are very bad enemies of the olive oil. Any, uh, yeah, even if you don't keep it sitting on your counter in a clear glass bottle. Right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so each Laudemio bottle is sold in a single box. And uh, we asked all retailers to keep the bottle inside the box to prevent it from being damaged, to prevent the olive oil from being damaged from light and from heat. Interesting. Um, well, I saw a, um, a video interview of, with your aunt. Actually, you were in it too. And she was the one who designed the bottle, right? Yes. So my aunt Bona, who has an amazing taste, uh, thought that she, Laudemio, already the name was special, it needed to be packaged in a special bottle. Uh, especially 30 years ago, um, Olive oil was the sold bulk, was sold in regular large uh, uh, liters uh, bottles. And Bona, my aunt, decided that she was going to design a small bottle for, of half a liter and that had a particular shape that resembled the ones of uh, uh, perfumes and that was uh, transparent so that the light could show the beautiful color of the olive oil, the emerald green, and uh, yes, that is, so that it looked very precious and uh, special, different. Yeah. It is precious, and it does come at a precious price, but it is worth every drop, as they say. Um, tell me about the, the, the tasting notes from, from this precious mm -hmm. half a liter bottle of oil. The tasting notes are the ones that come exactly from our olives and from our terroir. And these are, first of all, uh, very fresh aromas. You know, you have to feel that you're smelling a fresh fruit, a fresh olive that has just been picked. 
then that olive also has a grassy, a grassy scent, like if it is just, just cut grass. Mm-hmm. And when you taste it, you have a balance, bitterness and spiciness that may remind you of uh, uh, aromas of artichoke or arucola if they are more mild in yeah, certain seasons. Those peppery notes. And the, peppery yeah. notes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, so a little okay moment of honesty here. Mm-hmm. Now, there are 21 members of this Laudemio consortium, so 21 different producers, and, and they range in... Um, in altitudes where the, the olives are grown mm-hmm. and all, and do they all have the similar taste? No, actually, uh, they all have different uh, taste. Um, but the so if you taste ten laudemus at the same time, you can find ten differences between each other. But, however, if you taste a laudemio compared to a general oil right. from where you recognize that there is a specific difference between olive oil in general and the laudemio. Well, and the laudemio is considered a finishing oil. Anyway, you would not you would not cook with it. You would just something. You have a nice dish. You just want to you want to drizzle drizzle it on your food. Right, drizzle it on your food. Exactly. A finishing oil, a tasting oil. Um, or just serve it to me in a little bowl and I'll dip, <laughs> I'll dip my piece of bread in it. That's fine, too. Or your right? raw vegetables. That's raw vegetables, That's what we call right. pinsimonia. Yeah. It's very... It, that's right, pinsimonia with a little, and a little uh, hors d'oeuvre. It's a very special olive oil. There's no question about that. Yes, the wines are very special, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and how is wine... What is the primary production of the... Frescobaldi estates. Is it the is it still wine or is it yes? Most of our let's say company mm-hmm. business is wine, and that is because we have seven mostly independent wine estates. So the Frescobaldi company owns seven wineries in Tuscany, and that is why you know, if you put all of the wines together from the seven different estates, wine is the largest part of the business. Uh-huh. Laudemio comes from one olive grove and from one olive mill. So obviously against one against seven, wine becomes much larger. But then if you look at the importance of each product, Laudemio is one of the most, ten, the most important ten products of the Frescobaldi company. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's no surprise that wherever you find grapes growing, the hillside is dotted with olive trees as well. I mean, terroir is, is so important in both of them. Um, are there, what is the particularity about the, the terroir that grows both fine, you know, when you have one that grows grapes and olives? I mean, they need, obviously, the same type of soil, amount of water, mm-hmm. sun, but is there something in particular? Well, Tuscany has a great, uh, has a unique terroir for many different things, um, but for olive oil in particular, because of the altitude and the, let's say, northern 
part of the world in which Tuscany is. It is particularly cold, especially in the end of summer, beginning of autumn. Before you're picking the olives, there is high difference between day and night. Yes. And the high difference between day and night, where temperatures go from 5 degrees Celsius at night to 20 degrees Celsius during the day, the olives develop unique uh, colors, unique uh, aromas, unique nutrients, very, very rich in polyphenols. And this is what we think in this part of Tuscany we have a wonderful terroir for olive oil. Well, obviously, the terroir was was very known for growing olives back in the Obviously, your family they, they, um, started in the medieval times. When Do you know much about the olive oil production during that time? I mean, obviously, the, okay, the first pressing, as was standard in any mm-hmm. feudal farm was given to the lords of the table, right? Mm-hmm. Was it a commercialized business in that time? Was it sold to to residents or was it given in part as a reward for work to the serfs? Or do you, what, do you well, know anything about it? Well, probably uh, most of uh, um, the countryside, the farms at that time used to provide all of the food for the local community. So a farm uh, would produce olive oil, wine, as well as grain, uh, potatoes, uh, some cows to produce some milk. So yes, uh, parts was given to the farmers to to eat, parts was, was given to the landlord who would actually sell it to the local community. Right, right. But it was, but in those days, basically, the they owned the local community. It was the town, right? It was the whole town. Yeah. But it's it's very it's a very interesting process. And well, the say, local community could reach all, even up to Florence or to. You know, all right. Yes. So you're uh, the uh, most of these vin- uh, these olive groves that you that produce in Ladamia are they they're further up closer to Florence. A lot of these yes. states. Most most uh, of uh, our olive groves are around Florence. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, it's just a fascinating, a fascinating history. I mean, you come from such a, a long uh, line of, of uh, olive growers in, in the land. Um, does it coming back to work at very auspicious time, as I said, for you to come back to to um, manage the you know keep the family business going, whatever it is, whatever aspect you do. Um, is it somewhat intimidating to you? I mean, this is a big, long line family name, and you've grown up with it, I understand, but still, it falls to you now, the 30th generation. Yes. Well, uh, I wouldn't say intimidating. First of all, you have to be very uh, happy and uh, you have, have to have gratitude for being born uh, in a in a family like this and then you want to prove yourself that you're up to this uh, to, to this role so it's it's more of a good uh, stimuli you know, to to be to give always the best well 
certainly your decision to release this anniversary, this anniversary bottle of, of uh, Laudemia Frescobaldi was a very smart decision because it's, you know, there's so, I mean, the market we know now, olive oil was a, was smaller, especially in, in the United States, a smaller selection of olive oils. Now, the market seems to be flooded mm -hmm. with olive oils. It's, it's nice to have something set apart so we can really appreciate the difference in what a special olive oil should taste like. Is, you know, just like and certainly fall to the others for all your cooking. You know, and, <laughs> and use that one for the, for the end of the dish. I think it's, it's a, a wonderful experience and it's a wonderful story to read about as well. And, uh, and I thank you for joining me. I hear that we are in the restaurant Altro Paradiso and I can hear that lunchtime is really building up. So I think we're going to have to to end our discussion there and taste a little bit of that Laudemio olive oil. And thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you so much. It's been fantastic. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.